For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Adam Truax. I'm usually up there leading worship. Didn't they do a nice job this morning, though? Um, and on occasion, I get, to, I get to preach, and I'm excited about today. I wasn't excited until uh, about four hours ago. So I was struggling finding something that was resonating with me. You know what I mean? Like when you're, when you're digging into God's word and you're like, I gotta, I gotta teach however many of y'all are here, which by the way, I'm glad y'all are here. It's 4th of July weekend and there's a lot of you. So that's cool. Um, but I just couldn't find that thing that was kind of stirring something inside of me. And this morning, through God's revelation and his divine um, intervention, he kind of laid something on my heart that I'm excited that God has for us this morning. But here's the deal. We're in the midst of this series called The Person of Christ. And the whole purpose of this series is so that we get a clear, clear picture of who Jesus is. And we're doing that by walking through the Gospel of John because it tells a beautiful picture, gives us a beautiful picture of exactly who Jesus is, what his character is, what his heart is, and what his desire is for us. And so this morning, we're gonna dig into John chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open there. That's where we're gonna sit all day. But here's the deal, God has, a, has something for us today in this place. Something for us right where we're at. Oftentimes, because I know it's the case for me, we walk into this gymnasium um, and we say, I'm here um, and I've got my own preconceived stuff going on in my life or my own preconceived feelings or thoughts about God or this church or whoever's up front. I have my own kind of biases built in and my prayer today is that God meets us right where we're at. And that we drop all of that stuff that's, that's holding us back from truly seeing him, from truly getting a clear picture of who he is. So today, before we even start, let's just pray and ask God to speak over us this morning, me included, um, and just give this thing up to him. God, your word is true. And it has something for us every time we open it. And we all come in with our, with our own stuff, our own baggage, our own complexities, but your word speaks to all of it. And so God, in this gym, in this gym today, I ask that you come and meet us face to face, individually, right where we are at. Help us to let go of our preconceived notions of who you are. Help us to let go of our own desires for how we might want something to happen on a Sunday morning. God, help us to let go of whatever we are holding on to today so that we can hear from you and we can hear clearly what you have for us. God, use me however you want this morning. And speak loud through your text, through your word. Shape our lives and change our lives. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Chapter 14, verse one starts like this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. It's kind of a weird way to start. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. But we have to understand what Jesus is saying and who he's saying it to in the context of this passage. 
In the book of John, we've been reading and going through it, and the disciples and Jesus are in the upper room at this time, just a day before his death. And Jesus has been walking with the disciples for three years, performing miracles, healing the sick, giving the blind their sight, bringing dead men back to life. And the disciples are seeing all of this, and in the midst of that, as Jesus is nearing the end of his life, he's letting the disciples know, hey, I'm not gonna be with you all the time. I'm not gonna be with you all the time. I'm going somewhere else. And in the upper room, they've had a pretty significant night already. Jesus has taken time and washed all of their feet, taken time and, and set, knelt down in front of them and washed their feet as a symbol of his servanthood to them, of his love for them. And then he's let the disciples know that, hey, one of you who are here in this room right now, you're gonna betray me and turn me over to those who wanna kill me. And then he tells Peter, the disciple of disciples, the most brash, most bold, I stand with Jesus disciple, you're gonna deny me three times before the sun even comes up tomorrow, before the rooster crows. You're gonna deny me three times. And the disciples are in this room going, what is happening? Their hearts are troubled. Their souls are stirred. Jesus has been doing all of these things and he's telling us that he's going away. He's telling us that he's gonna die. He's telling us that everything that we know of him doesn't seem to be real because he conquers death. He brings Lazarus up from the grave. So what's going on? And Jesus starts, continues his conversation with them and says, let not your hearts be troubled, guys. Believe in God, believe also in me. They're anxious, they're unsure, they don't know what's next for them or for their friend. And Jesus reassures them, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. The, uh, one of the uh, commentaries say that the, in the Greek, that first believe in God can be phrased like this. You already believe in God, so believe in me. Jesus is equating himself with the Father. Believe in God, believe also in me. We are the same. Verse two, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Jesus continues to let the disciples know that, hey, I'm going somewhere, but it's a worthwhile place. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to make a way for you. I go to get it ready for you. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to be with the Father my father's house, there are many rooms. Other translations say mansions. Other translations say other things. All it really means is there's enough room for all of us in heaven. 
But Jesus isn't going to heaven and getting the best towels and putting them on the towel rack for us or giving us the fluffiest pillows on the largest bed and the best down comforter that he can provide for us. That's not what he's doing. He's not up there preparing. Whenever we have people over to our houses, what do we do? I don't know about you, but for us, it's a mad scramble. Hide all the kids' toys. Quickly run a vacuum, because it hasn't been run. Get, it, get the house, like, just stuff stuff under the couch, right? That's not what Jesus is doing. He's making a way. He's getting it ready so that we can be with him. That's the end goal of heaven. The end goal of heaven isn't fluffy clouds and harps and angels with wings, golden streets, or even fluffy towels. The point of heaven is that we get to be in the presence of God Almighty. We get to be in the presence of God Almighty and Jesus Christ, sitting at the right hand of the Father. It's not about the place, it's about the person that we get to have a relationship with. And Jesus is telling his disciples, there's enough room for everybody there. There's no need to worry. And you guys, you already know the way to get there. Verse four, and you know the way to where I'm going, period. You guys get it, right? You know the way to where I'm going. And then Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? God, Jesus, it doesn't even make sense. You're going to your father's house. We don't even know where your father is. We don't even know where, where this place might be. There's no roadmap. There's no directions. There's no way to get there. We don't know where you're going. How can we even know the way? And then Jesus says probably a verse that we've all heard hundreds of times. I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus tries to make it as clear as he can to the disciples. I'm the way that you get to the Father. I'm the way. I'm the one that's been speaking truth to you this whole time. I'm the way that conquers death and brings life. I'm the way. I'm it. I'm how you guys get there. This is, this is me, Jesus. I'm the way. There's no other way. The only way. Verse seven, and if you'd known me, you would have known my father. And from now on, you do know him and you've seen him. If you know Jesus, then you know the father. If you know me, then you know my father. If you know me, then you know God. Couldn't, there's a separation that happens to us in, as humans because of our sin, because of our shame, because of our guilt, everything that separates us from God, God is pure and holy and perfect and lovely and amazing, and we are gross and disgusting. And those things don't commingle. But Jesus says, I'm the way that you can get there. I'm it. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to the cross so that you might get there. And if you know me, then you know him. If you have a relationship with me, then you have access to the Father. If you walk with me, then you've seen him. Philip says to him, Lord, 
show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Philip does the thing that, that all of us do is we play the movie forward all the way without having to do any of the work. Just, just show me the end of the movie. Just show me the Father. Just show me the Father, right? Like, have me, how many of you guys ever watched a movie and at like the halfway point you're like, I just wanna know what happens in the last 10 minutes. So you get on your phone, you start Googling it. That's what Philip does here. Just show us the Father. Just show us the Father. And that's enough for us. And then Jesus says to him in verse nine, have I been with you so long and still you don't even know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me, or else at least believe on the accounts of the works themselves. Do you not know, Philip? It's gotta be a little sadness in Jesus' voice. You guys don't know? You know me, so therefore you've already seen the Father. If you have a relationship with me, you already have met the creator of the universe. The disciples had troubled hearts. Their souls were stirred. Their, their uncertainty was present, ever present in that room. And when, when our souls are stirred or our hearts are anxious or we're uncertain of what's going on, gonna happen next, it's usually really hard for us to see Jesus. Thomas has a hard time getting past his own anxiety or immaturity. Philip does as well. I'm assuming other disciples in the room did as well. And I think for us in our lives today, in this place, some of our souls are stirred with unsurety, with anxiety, with what is gonna happen next in my life. I don't know what's going on in every single person's lives, but I do know that our souls are stirred easily. That anxiety comes quickly and that, unsure, that uncertainty comes so easily for us. And in our world today, we see it every day in the news. We see it all over the newspaper. Uncertainty or unsurety as to what's going on in our country and abroad and all over this world. There is anxiety in our world today. And Jesus says to us, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. When our hearts are troubled, when our hearts are anxious, when our hearts are, are not sure as to what is coming before us, Jesus makes it clear to us in verse six how we should think or how we should orient our hearts. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When our hearts are anxious or unsure as to what the truth is, we look to him. When our hearts are unsure or, or, or not sure as to what the direction for our lives are, we should look to him. 
Not because he's gonna walk us through our lives and everything's gonna be perfect. No, but because he died on the cross for us and made a way to have access with the Father. And so if somebody can do that for us, we might as well look to him for everything else that we've got going on. Because our biggest issue is getting over the hurdle of our sin. And when Jesus redeems our souls and makes us right and gives us access to the Father, now we can give him all that we have. And not piece by piece by piece, but all of our hearts and all of our souls and everything that's going on and say, here it is, it is yours. Maybe you've got a job situation where you don't know what's happening. Maybe your coworker is, has been promoted and promoted and promoted and you have been overlooked and overlooked and overlooked and you don't understand why. And you keep grinding out, you keep trying to do it on your own, you keep trying to rely on yourself to get yourself into a better situation. You don't have to rely on yourself. Maybe your marriage is falling apart and, and, and you keep trying to resolve it on your own trying to do things right, trying to get yourself in line. It's not working. And there's anxiety and unsurety and we don't know what's next for us or our family. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Why? Because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I've got this. Maybe you have a big decision to make and you don't know where to go. Give it up. God's desire for us in this text is that we might understand the disciples' position and where they're struggling and to hear that and then for us to say, hey, we feel the same way sometimes. The disciples have been walking with Jesus for a long time. They knew him, they knew of him, but yet their hearts are still troubled. And some of us have been walking with Jesus for a long time, but yet our hearts are still troubled. And Jesus says, I've got this. I've got this. And some of us today are here and we've never said yes to Jesus in any way. And Jesus says, I've got you too. Come to me, and I will make a way, and I will make your dead spiritual life alive and make it a new creation. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the accounts of the work themselves. Here's the, here's the great part at the end of this passage. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, then I will do it. If we believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he has made a way for us, that he is truth and that he brings death to life again. And we're wholeheartedly in agreement with that and we are walking in relationship with him. 
If we believe in me, he says, you will do greater works than I did. Greater works. If you look at those disciples, those 11 guys, 11 guys in an upper room walk out of that, that room, unsure, unwilling, or not unwilling, unsure, uncertain as to what's next, but they say yes to Jesus. I believe in him. And because of that, we get to be here today. That geographically, the gospel was furthered into all reaches of the earth. That numerically, the gospel exploded not too long after this point. And today, millions of people proclaim to be followers of Christ, including us in this place. You wanna see greater things? We get to participate in the gospel. We get to make known what Jesus has done for us. In, in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces, we get to make known how great the Father's love for us. That should get you excited. If you know Jesus, if you believe in him, you will do amazing things for the glory of God and we get to participate in the furthering of the gospel. You see, the deal with this text is that it's not about the end game of getting to go to heaven. That's a great bonus. That's a great joy that we get to look forward to. But right now, in Blue Springs, or wherever you might live, you get to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's huge. That's life-changing, not only for you, but for others. Because you get to participate in what God is saying to the world around us. So often we rely on ourselves to try and make a way. So often we live in uncertainty to, and we're trying to find truth. And so often we fear what's ahead of us and we're missing out on life. We're missing out on life. Lived with a savior who loves us. I don't have any grand illustrations. I don't have any amazing anecdotes to add to this text today other than to say this. If you have a roadmap in front of you and you never look at it, you're not gonna get anywhere. Tomorrow, my family and I were leaving for a, a short little trip. And I could get on I-35 going north and I could just, and I would get to the town where I'm headed, but I'm not gonna get to the place where we're staying and I'm not gonna get to anywhere we wanna go because I don't know that area at all unless I look at a map. And Jesus Christ is saying here today, I'm your map. I'm your map. I can get you into right relationship with the Father. I can get you to where you wanna go and I can get you to a place where you will enjoy life to the fullest because you've embraced me. And you get to proclaim what I've done in your life to the world around you. I told a few people today we're gonna be short and we are. 
The band's gonna come up here in a second. Come on up, band. That was the second. And we're gonna worship, we're gonna sing a few more songs. But here's the thing. Today in this place, we don't have to rely on ourselves anymore. We don't have to rely on ourselves because he's the way. We don't have to live in uncertainty because he's the truth. And we don't have to fear this life because he gives us new life. So grab a hold of him today. Trust him to be that for you. Trust him to be your way. Trust him to be your truth. And if you don't know Jesus at all and you've got questions, I'll talk to you. Come find me after the service. We'll have time, trust me, we're getting out early. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. That it's true and that it's right. And as we go through this life, there are many, many different paths that we can choose to take. But you say that you are the way. And the only way to live this life well is to trust you and to know you. The only way to get to the Father is to trust you and to know you. The only way to live a life that is full and joyful, even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of anxiety, is to believe in you and to hang on to you with all that we've got. And so God, as we worship this morning, as we sing of your name, we sing of your glory, we sing of your fame, we sing of how amazing and how great you are, let our hearts be resting on this verse, that we trust that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that we give everything to you. And when we do that, we get to worship you and lift you up and proclaim you loudly in this place. And then as we leave to everybody, that we encounter along the way. Speak to our troubled hearts. Speak to our anxiety-filled minds, to our souls that are stirred into uncertainty. God, speak to that and settle them. Because you are sure. You are a foundation we can stand on and put our, hang our hat on and know that you are an amazing Father. So God, as we worship you this morning, reveal yourself to us even more. In your name I pray, amen.